Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And today, New Japan Pro Wrestling's rising star, Clark Connors, makes his Talk is Jericho debut. Clark's explaining how he got the last-minute opportunity to wrestle at the Forbidden Door pay-per-view uh, after Ishii was injured. It was literally a couple days before. He did a great job in his match, by the way, too. Clark also gives us an inside look at the inner workings of the New Japan LA Dojo, how he ended up training there, and what it was like to be a young boy, uh, meaning a rookie in that scenario. He's also got some great stories about learning under Shibata, his first trip to Japan, and working his first official match at the Tokyo Dome. Clark also trained with Lance Storm, my old pal, and talks about all that he learned from Lance and how Lance still helps him to this day. Clark grew up in Seattle, shares where his love of wrestling came from, when he knew that was his path, and how he convinced his mom to let him pursue pro wrestling. Clark Connors coming up. Before we get going, Fozzie is heading out again this fall. Save the World Tour continues September 8th in Columbus, Ohio. We're crisscrossing the states and doing some shows in Canada. FozzyRock.com has all the dates and ticket information, along with details on our legendary VIP meet and greets. Don't miss out. We're heading down under in November, December, New Zealand, Australia. Fozzie's coming. We're also coming to the UK in November, Ireland, Northern Ireland, Scotland, Wales, London. Come rock with us this fall. FozzyRock.com for all info, tickets, and VIP information. All right. Up and coming Clark Connors from New Japan Pro Wrestling is here on Talk is Jericho. We've been talking for a while, Clark Connors and I, about doing Talk is Jericho. And what a strange uh, journey it's been to get here. So did you reach out to me or did I reach out to you, first of all, on Twitter? How did that work? I think, uh, I think I'd think i added you on Twitter and Instagram and I've been following you forever. But uh, I, I remember I was at the gym and I saw a text message from you on uh, on Twitter, I believe. Right. And it, it popped up and I, I remember I haven't been that excited for something <laughs> in a long time. So I was... My, I had the best workout of my life, I'd say, <laughs> after that one. Well, that's cool. But so then we were going to do it while you were, because your schedule is busy because you're over in Japan. And we're like, well, let's do it. You know, I think we're supposed to do it next week or something like this. And then let's try it this time and this time. And then here we are in person in Chicago, because last minute you get added to Forbidden Door. So kind of tell me that whole story about how that came about. Yeah, no, uh, I think we had talked about doing this maybe almost a month ago. You know, yeah. this was when it kind of started out. And uh, and then there was like, oh, I'm going over for best of the Super Juniors and, you know, the time difference in Japan. So it's like, all right, let's wait on a little bit. And then we're supposed to do it actually when I was back in Japan again because they called me back, which is a good sign, I think. Of course. And then here we go out of the blue. I got to get a, you know, last minute replacement opportunity here. And uh, yeah. And so, so when did you find out that you were going to be on the show? Same time everyone else did. Yeah, it's you know New Japan style is <laughs> is I, I'm usually the last one to know. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, yeah, I found out and you know. So she got hurt. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I I honestly don't even know how because that dude is the toughest guy I've right. ever right, right, been right, in right. a ring with. Maybe met in person, and uh, so I you know you know I, I, people were saying I Tanya Hardinged him, but uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna deny that or or accept confirm it, but, or deny yeah, confirm deny. Yeah, so they told you like so you found out when was it like a couple days ago? Yeah, uh, I think so. Today's Sunday, yeah. so I think I found out on like Thursday evening. So it was Thursday evening. Okay, we booked your flight for Saturday their time. So I just got in. Last night, you know, went and ran and got a tan, and then uh, <laughs> here we are now, and I'm leaving tomorrow morning. So back to Japan, back to Japan, doing all. So this is great. So, so did you basically start with New Japan during the lockdown? Like, how did that all? Like, is this yeah. is this your first time basically in 
Japan per yeah. se? No, uh, so I, I started out actually, so I've actually been working for them since 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I was part of the inaugural LA Dojo yeah. camp, the kind of the American expansion. So I was actually the first person uh, Shibata picked up um, to join the American expansion in the LA Dojo. So I think July 4th, 2018 is when I signed my first contract. Mm -hmm. So it's been a very quiet four years. And yeah. so I've been to Japan before. I went over for G1 2019 and worked some undercard tag matches with uh, Carl Fredericks and the other LA guys. And then went there a couple more times, but then obviously the world shut down. And so uh, the Super Junior is my first time back because of whole litany of visa problems in the usual because it was hard to get visas again though after the lockdown was over basically right yeah yeah so i was i was kind of low on the totem pole on that visa list anyways and my visa had just expired before the before the lockdown so if if we had gotten there a little sooner yeah. i think i might have been a part of going over there a lot more and i would have got a little more exposure but you know it is what it is and you know here we are now where are you from uh originally seattle washington Oh, okay. Did you used to work at like a, a pool that Alvarez used to go to <laughs> yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's me. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, no, it was uh, Vinny, Vinny's wife. I, I used to work as a personal trainer. Right. And I was sitting there and I was teaching a class, like a group fitness class. And his wife comes up to me. She's, you know, Bridget, nicest person in the world. And she was, uh, she starts talking to me and, and uh, she goes, she, what do you do other than this? I was like, well, I'm a pro wrestler. And she's like, no way. My husband does, you know, you know, better, you know, Brian and Vinny show. And, yeah. uh, and, uh, so basically she, she told Vinny about it and he's like, oh, okay. Some jabroni guy or whatever. <laughs> so she arranged us to hang out or whatever. And so it turned out, he's like, oh, this guy's actually, a, might be something eventually. You right. know, I was very early on when I was on the Indies, but, uh, she ended up hiring me at her, uh, at her swimming pool that she, that she runs. <laughs> And so I would teach um, basically just 80 year old women. I'd be in the pool with them, you know, doing, <laughs> doing some the yoga or run back and forth yeah. and, you know, just crawl stroke, different stuff. It was fun. I loved it, man. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into wrestling. Cause like I said, like I know really nothing about, about any of you guys from the LA dojo other than your names and that sort of thing. So how did you get into the business? You know, I kind of start from square one, the, the little, beginning story you know the uh yeah. you're asking the hard-hitting questions that's it man yeah no uh i think i was 12 when i first started watching wrestling you know the same as everybody else mm -hmm. my mom didn't like it and you know you're gonna get stupid by watching it and <laughs> i snuck and watched smackdown for the first time and uh instantly fell in love i didn't miss an episode of anything for i don't know how many years until i was in college probably but um speaking of college i uh so i played football at cal poly and so before that, I was like, when I turned 18, I was like, mom, I want to be a pro wrestler. And she's like, no, you're not. <laughs> not going to happen. Because like, I had some op opportunities, some offers from different schools, some money um, they were offering. So I was like, okay. And so she told me the deal was, all right, Connor, uh, Clark, is um, if you go to college, you can do whatever you want afterwards. Just get your degree. So I said, okay. And so about three weeks before I graduate my senior year of college, she calls me. She goes, hey, I'm coming down for graduation. You got any jobs lined up? I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm going to wrestling school. <laughs> and credit, credit to her, she says, she says, all right, good to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So where'd you go to wrestling school at? Uh, your good friend, Lance Storm Academy. No baby. kidding. Yes, I didn't sir. know that. Yeah, Lance oh, Storm Academy. Oh, wow. I didn't know you were a Storm Wrestling Academy graduate. I'm an alum. Yeah, no one kidding. Of the, one of the many. It's the, you know, to this day, I'd still say it's if, I mean, I know he's not running it anymore right now. He's on to bigger and better things, I guess. But uh, 
I would say, yeah, that's that's the school to go to. He's the best. At Let's talk a little bit about that because that's one thing I've never really spoken in depth with one of Lance's students. So, because he had obviously it was in Calgary, and I know he had some housing set up for the guys and all that sort of stuff. But how did you get? Like, do you write him a uh, write a letter? Write him an email, or how does it work to get into the academy when it was up and running? Yeah, no. So I uh, I think maybe nine months before I I even graduated and stuff. So it was like a year out before. I looked on his website, you know, <laughs> janky website. <laughs> you know, it's Calgary. It was a Calgary website. I'll tell you that much, Alberta style. And uh, I think I um, I looked at it and I sent him basically just, I remember I have this picture of me. It was living in my uh, RV at the time. And I have a picture of me just flexing on it. You know, and he's just like, send me a picture of you. Send me your goals or whatever. And uh, in wrestling, what do you want to do? And so I sent him an email and because it was booked out, you know. He right. was always booked out. And so, yeah, he... Uh, he they sent me an email back like three weeks later, you know, once again, I think it's just how long it takes for emails to get up there. I think someone actually has to <laughs> hand them a letter and it yeah. go through the Eskimos have to run through <laughs> yeah, and right, exactly. whatever it is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The so, cloud is frozen up in Canada, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had to thaw it out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I got an email letter back and so it was booked it out basically a year in advance. So I, uh, wow. January 2017, I think. And as, uh, how I got up there. Yeah. So when you went up there, and there's like, I don't know, 15 students or 16 students total. So kind of tell me about the process and how was Lance as a trainer and what, what did you learn quickly and what were your problems at first? So Lance, uh, he just ascribes by just, you know, very old school style, I'd say, um, in the sense that I think there was 20, 22 or so students there. Yeah. And all different levels. Some of the guys have been working for like four or five years um, on the indies and different places from all over the world. He attracts the Australians like more than anybody. Yeah, you know, he's, interesting, he's, got right? a, you know, he's good at that. You know, yeah. they, they love him down there. So there's probably like six Australian students been working for a while. But the first time I was went in, walked into a wrestling ring was then was, was I made a, a point of just like remembering the first day I walked into oh, a right. wrestling ring, you know, it was January 4th, 2017. And, uh, yeah. So his setup was very like conditioning first, make sure you can do, you know, the basics, you know, run the rope or not, run, no, excuse me, not run the ropes before you even get that. It's just make sure you can do an exercise circuit a couple times around, you know, just so your physical condition. And then it was just base up bumps, hitting the ropes will take time. And then it's just like, okay, then we'll work on lockups and we'll work on chain and X, Y, and Z. So I remember the being in that camp and it was, I, I was good at everything. I kind of understood it, but very it was very awkward. You know, mm -hmm. locking up, I was, it didn't make sense because you watch it on TV, right? And it's just like, yeah. oh, you don't think about it. It's just like, oh, okay, what's what's going on next? I want to see, you know, a shoulder tackle. I want to see, you yeah, know. Yeah, moonsaults oh, and yeah, drop kicks. Yeah, where's the uh, red arrow? Or yeah, yeah, exactly, right, right, right. Destroyer. But, uh, but yeah, just locking up was, I remember that was the first thing. That was my first hurdle. I was like, God, this is just step, do it, step, do it. But like everything else, I think, that was something I, I needed because it was like, it made, sure. it, it made it a challenge, right? Well, you realize just how important the foundation and, and, and the basics are like anything else. You know, you're talking about playing football or whatever. You can't throw, you know, a long bomb touchdown on your first, first day at, you know, at, at camp, right. first day on the field. Right? No. Yeah. I think it's, it's just that basic thing. And I think that's something that's missing from a lot of, you know, wrestling. And I'm glad to see a lot of the schools I've been to since and the places I go and just check out there is a lot of teaching of that, which I really think is important. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but it was just from there on, it was like, I, once I kind of got that down, a lot of the little stuff like chaining just came to me. Selling just made sense. It just was like, that was, 
just very we taught very american style there obviously mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and uh and i just i stuck to that like glue i i you know i was like i just want to be a 80s baby face you know? <laughs> i was like i didn't even know that's what i wanted but once i got there i was like oh i could sell forever you know that sounds like the most fun thing in the world so how long into it before you start having kind of like practice matches like i should say oh i think maybe i think we went like a, at least a month and a half and then it was like okay let's pair you up with someone and do three four minutes you know whatever it was yeah and just do a tv match more than anything and uh once we started doing the matches it was like it actually came more easy to me i think as it's like telling a story a little yeah. bit of structure you know like, i mean obviously it was it was you know tackle drop down leapfrog hip toss and that was it but that's you know? how you learn though. but the, yeah. no i know and, and i think it and to this day i think that's the basis of everything it's just, sure it's so e- i mean it's not what we do is it, it, what it comes down to is just if you get the basis down understand why that works then everything else will just come right i think yeah, yeah. so and it was three months or two months three, three months. months three months in the dead of winter in alberta anybody else in the camp that that did anything afterwards or Who's doing? Um, some of the guys down in Australia are doing. Gotcha. I think they're still doing some stuff. A lot of stuff, Australian cats. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, for the most part, no one's really doing a whole lot. So, what did Lance tell you, kind of, as you get down towards the end of the camp? So uh, that's my favorite thing about his camps is you know he's he's exactly like he is in real life. You know him better than anybody. Yeah. It's like he'll tell it like it is, right? And so <laughs> very the straightforward, fam- the right? Aimed last day, right? Is. Uh, is he'll he sits everybody down so the 20 of us and he'll just he'll just go down the list of what you need to work on or like how what he thinks you how, where he thinks you're at you know mm-hmm. and uh and so that was, that was a blast you just go around the room and he'll just tell people like well i think you probably you didn't say quit but he would say maybe you know maybe you should uh really get some more training you know maybe take your time and uh for me it was i remember he, he just said you need to get bigger you know and um so I started taking steroids immediately. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, uh, no, but he said, you need to get bigger, but you're, you know, you're on your way. And I think that was just something for me. It was like, okay, you know, right. I, that's where I felt I was. And so here we are now, you know. So does he give you any kind of like a list of names to call or anything? Or just you're on your he, own? Yeah, at the time he did. It was, uh, there was actually like a... Um, it's like a database like he set up once again the canadian database so it was <laughs> a little janky um but like you could reach out to some of his former students or whatever it was yeah. and uh but for the most part it was you know he he would and he's always open to text if whenever he need anything like i can still text lance this day he actually texted me you know two days ago and said hey good luck on you know on your show you know he's and he always keeps in touch and that's and i think that's awesome but um yeah he's, he's the main resource i'd say that's great yeah so where did you go after that then so you know because i know for me when i finished camp and you're out and then you got to start finding gigs which might have been a little harder back before the internet but i mean there's a little bit more of an independent scene now especially pre-lockdown it seemed like it was pretty uh pretty busy the scene so i actually moved back to seattle area yeah and that scene at the time was just kind of burgeoning in because it was in this dead period from what I'd heard. You yeah. Know, everyone had said, it's been so dead. It's been so dead. Right, right, right. So my little loop was um, mostly working in Canada at um, like All-Star Wrestling. Up in and, Vancouver? In Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then down in Oregon, there's a couple of little promotions down there. And then the big one was Defy. Right. Right. And they were just, they came on the scene just as I was kind of coming up. So what happened was I, uh, I came down. And it's actually a funny story. My first, my first gig was um, this company called Prestige Wrestling. I don't know if you've heard of them. I think but, so. Yeah, they're, they're doing some really good stuff. 
and uh, I was just emailing everybody, and half the companies were defunct. You know what I mean? I yeah. just I was I had, out of the blue because I'd never done any independent stuff. I didn't right. watch independent start? wrestling. Yeah. I have no idea, and uh, and no one was really from that area. You know that I had contacts with. So I just started hitting people up, and then the the promoter of Prestige Wrestling, they're running their first show in Hermiston, Oregon, which you think Alberta's bad. <laughs> you go to Hermiston. And um, went out to Hermiston, and I remember I, I got there a day early. He said, you get here, can you get here a day early? I, it's, it's our first show, and if you could just help out. And I just wanted to help out, you know what I mean? Just pay my dues, whatever it was. And I said, okay. So I get down there a day early, and I get to this big warehouse, and nothing's set up, and I, I meet the guy, William, he's a good dude. He says, hey, how you doing? I say, hey, how you doing? And th their ring is on the ground, like it hasn't been built yet. And he goes, hey, by the way, do you know how to set up a ring? <laughs> I <laughs> well, kinda, because at Storm, we would help out at the local shows up there and teach us how to set up a ring, pay your dues, all that. So I said, okay. So I, I basically helped put, I put the ring together for them, and I think I've messed it up pretty bad to tell you the truth i think it's still a little messed up to this day but um so i set it up i remember i slept in my car that night because i was like that's what you do when you're on the indies and i don't know and uh the next day i do the they come to the show keep helping out and i remember before the show started he comes up to me because he had they had opened doors like two hours before the show started because they want to do a vip thing and he comes up to me he goes clark hey man do you want to do a match i was like yeah, yeah i want to do a match you know and so there was another guy who was at Storm Academy down there because he actually ended up, he lived in Hermiston. So it was kind of something where he had kind of hooked <laughs> right. it up, right? And he tells the other kid, he goes, do you want to do a match? And he was, you know, a little worried about it. And I said, I tell him, I was like, Nick, we're doing this match. He said, okay, I'm like, I'm going to be a heel. You're a baby face. Let's go just do what, exactly what we do at Storm. And he says, okay. So it was like the pre-show match. So it was actually the first inaugural match of this card. We go out there and it was a curtain sellout, you know. I mean, all the way it's like, oh, two guys who've never wrestled before. <laughs> Let's watch this. Are going to be the first match in the car. And I remember I came to the back and you know I was like, you know, thanked everybody or whatever. And I don't know if it's online or anything. It was probably terrible, but you know, it was. I felt ha I was so happy about it. You know, so that's the most important thing. How did it feel for you? I felt yeah. good. And and in retrospect, I know a lot of those people now who were there, and they were like, yeah, dude, it was actually not bad. You know, yeah. I mean. You'd, you did your thing and i was like okay this kid might be something and so i always joke i was like every time i see that promoter i say william you're an idiot dude your first ever match <laughs> you put two people who had never you know been in a ring before in front of people in there but uh it ended up working out so <laughs> yeah once you get that first on your belt i remember the the first match i had it was actually with lance and uh i remember just like there's probably i don't know 70 people there but like three of them were cheering my name or whatever it was i was just like <laughs> This is great. <laughs> that kid, that kid was cheering my name. I love this. You know, you're right. Yeah, it's just yeah. like uh, there's, it's it's like a it's a, a drug, mm -hmm. right? And it's like uh, I found that I have a very addictive personality, <laughs> and uh, that wrestling is my favorite of you know my addictions. It's like there's nothing like hearing people call the roar your name. of the crowd, like, oh, right? Yeah, God. or you know if you're being a heel and they're booing you, like oh my God, that's like yeah, the boos yeah. are our cheers when you're a heel. So when you start to expand your, your area out of Seattle, like how do you end up kind of in the LA dojo? So from that first show, I started working a little bit more often. I actually got in with, um, you know, Buddy Wayne is? Yeah, of course. Nick Wayne's dad, yeah. right? And um, so he was 
you know, rest in peace. He was still alive at the time. He was running his school, and in my, and in my opinion, in the opinion of many, it's the best school in Pacific North. And it was he was more in the Washington. It was, right? yeah, yeah, it wasn't so in Canada. Yeah, wasn't in Canada. Because I used to see Buddy all the time up in Winnipeg. He was working up there and in Vancouver, obviously. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to get in with those guys, and you know, to this day, they're some of my favorite people in the world, and I'm so blessed to, you know, know you know Shana and everybody up there, and uh, still, it's like a family, you know. That's cool. And uh, so I started training with them, and they kind of got me into the different, you know, the different promotions in the area, the local promotions. And I remember one day I, I get to class, we're training a little bit, and then King Cat or uh, Invictus Cash now, and uh, classic Cody Chun, some of the other guys, they, they tell me like, "Hey, you you want to go do this camp, this uh, uh, New Japan camp?" And I was like, to tell you the truth, I didn't know anything about New Japan at the time. I was American, you know, I love yeah. American wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I, they're like, it's a good opportunity. And I, all I've known is if there's an opportunity, you jump at it, right? Sure. So I said, okay, I'll come down with you guys. And uh, it was a five-day camp, fly down to L.A. And at this point, I'd only literally done Oregon, Washington, Canada, right? And I get down there, and I have an amateur background wrestling, too, and just an athlete. And, I, you know, I had the, the tools that Shibata wanted to see. And uh, and so after the end of the five days, you know, there he just goes, hey, do you want to? Do you want to come back for another tryout, basically? And I didn't even know it was going to be a tryout. I thought it was just like a big, long seminar. Or whatever. Right, and I was right, just right, like, right. But, you know, I just treat it seriously, take it seriously. And at the end of it, I was just like, he says that. I'm like, I tell the guys, I'm like, go back to the car. I'm like, wait, <laughs> guys, Chabonis asked me if I can come back. And they're like, you know, it was really cool. What kind of stuff did you do during those five days? <laughs> Honestly, we just shoot wrestled gotcha. pretty much. You know, it was, um, that's what I, I tell people is, LA Dojo especially if you want to join New Japan especially through LA Dojo it was literally just about it's not about if you can do you know all those moves we were talking about before it's it's is your heart you know and it means it Shibata Shibata son has a uh, this inclination about wrestling and about wrestlers and he can see it and everyone who's joined the LA Dojo it's just like oh they have they have something I don't know what if it's it I don't know what it is but mm -hmm. they have this fire, this passion, we just, we just call it heart, you mm -hmm. know, that's cause that's the translation basically. Yeah. It's just like, and so, yeah, it was just basically, we <laughs> shoot wrestled pretty much every day. And then we got as far as maybe lock up, headlock, shoot rope, tackle. That's it, <laughs> you know? And then on the last, it was funny cause on the last day we did, um, you know, tryout matches, quote unquote. Everyone puts their gear on, and, and I remember Shibata said, the first thing he says, okay, please, please show me what you've learned basically and the first match that goes out there the first guys come out there a couple big stars at the time you know i can't remember exactly who it was and they go out there and do a like six or eight minute new japan match yeah. strong style follow clothesline follow clothesline duck 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 bong you know big move right right and i remember and shibata i just looked over at shibata and and uh i think kashida was there at the time too and they were just and he just had his head kind of in his hands I was like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> so I looked at it, and I was like, okay, so for my match, I was actually wrestling a guy, uh, Sean Moore. He's, a, he's, he's phenomenal. Up in, he's up in, uh, he's actually Alberta-based, or Winnipeg, one of those yeah, places yeah, yeah. up there. And uh, I remember we just went in there, and we just, we wrestled. We just shoot, shoot wrestled for like three minutes, headlock, drop down, or whatever, uh, shoot off, tackle, and then we just did like a finish, and I remember afterwards, and I just like looked, just looked at Shibata, and he just had a smile on his face. He's like, "You did what I asked you to do, and you showed the fire and the passion." Mm. And it was like, "Oh, okay." That was like an eye opener for me. I was like, "Oh, it just 
it, that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. this is, you know? Right. Yeah, so. so so he asked you to come back for another tryout? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I came back maybe, I don't know, a month later, you know, and it was like another camp, because they were running camps at the time, but it was definitely different, you know, where he would like have me like lead the drills a little bit, like, well, not lead, but be the first one in line and that kind of thing. So like, I knew there was, you know, there was a spotlight on me and there was, at this point, I was like, oh, there's a chance for a job here, you know? Because mm -hmm. honestly, I don't, I think the original inclination of the LA expansion was they weren't supposed to have like sign wrestlers for a year or two years, but I, me, myself, and there's a couple other guys, Alex Coughlin, one of them, and he came to the next camp where I was like, oh no, these guys are, we got some people who can do this. Thing. Right. So we expedited the process basically. And so at that point, he was just like, he, after that camp, he said, hey, man, do you want a job, basically? And I was like, yeah, I want a job. <laughs> yeah. Okay, get paid to do this, like, full time? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, and then we went from there. That's something that's cool about, about Japan. It's always been that way, is they like to find foreign stars that, that aren't being used anywhere else. And if you look through the Pantheon, like, I, I did it, and Eddie Guerrero did it, and Malenko, and Benoit, and Mysterio, and the, the list goes on and on and on. All the way to Osprey and Kenny Omega and even the Bucks prior to, to AEW, there was always this pocket of, of you know foreign gaijing, whatever we're called nowadays, that they take great pride in building the names of these guys. Jay White is one currently, and it, it, it's 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 a good spot to be in because like I always say to people like WWE or AEW, we're not going anywhere. There's no rush, so learn learn <laughs> a, a different style, get some life lessons. You know, it's it's a different. It's a different view of things when you work there. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It was, it was interesting too because it's so ground up. Like you said, like we went there and then did the camps, whatever it was. And I had really, I mean, I was only a year and a half into the in the business, but I was really finding my groove. I'd worked a little bit of babe face, worked a little bit of heel, you know, and would sell my ass off, right, you know, in a very American style. And it, and basically, Shibata son was like, okay, well, you're signed now forget everything you've ever learned <laughs> we're starting from square one and we like like i said we did lock up to lock up to a tackle spot every day for like a month and a half like and that was it for five hours a day wow you know i mean that and shoot wrestling basically and it was just like learning just the and obviously the squats the squats the squats yeah, the yeah, yeah, push-ups yeah. all that the bridges you know? yeah the bridges all oh, the bridges I, I i can't do it anymore <laughs> <laughs> i can flash ptsd <laughs> but uh I, I can't go under a bridge anymore <laughs> right tweaking no but uh yeah it's just very bare bones basic and so we stripped away everything and we relearned everything almost so to the point where i'm like i kind of sometimes i forget how to do it the other way you know because yeah, yeah, yeah. i've been so locked in but um and then the the culture too it's just like we lived the japanese young boy lifestyle you know we so just, explain explain what that sure is. yeah uh, oh, once again ptsd uh, <laughs> no but um we had the dojo in, in tokyo yeah. or okay, no in a in a we had our own little um dojo basically so we in had to, a, in, 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 in no in a, in a in la oh so you did the young boy experience in, in la, LA. So which, tell is, about that. which is yeah it was well so we're the guinea pigs you know? yeah carl myself and uh carl fredericks myself and alex coglin were the guinea pigs of this whole thing so we we um go to wake up every morning 8 a.m get to training by you know eight you know eight nine o'clock and then we would train for 
six hours you know it was just like we would do you know the at least 500 squats a day you know run a run a circuit yeah i know yeah you're talking, so insane that was man. my knees talking you just yeah said that, used, that wasn't chris that was my knees said, yeah. oh God. we used to have to do that in, in camp we started with like 50 and go up like try and do 10 right now anybody listening and then imagine doing 500 of those motherfuckers and then showing up the next day and doing 500 again yeah and yeah i mean i'll tell you a quick little story about the about some squat stuff is Alex Coughlin is I mean if you see him wrestle he's the strongest dude you've ever seen in your right. life so it was it was the camp that we both came back to this is right when I kind of was meeting him so at that point we came back to the camp and we were actually got put up in the hotel together with uh, with Shibata Shibata so not in the same room but me and Alex were sharing a room sleeping on the floor because there was you know it was just bed space or whatever right. there was another guy in there too and so one of the days we didn't we weren't really given any instruction of like you know what to do like after camp or whatever it was but one of the days alex uh he was friends with some of the guys at camp so he went to the beach afterwards we're in la you know whatever and i remember shabbat was just like yesterday you why you uh no come back to your room or whatever it was and he was at a normal time but he went out afterwards and so we do our squats the 500 squats as a group with the whole camp and then Shabbatashan points at Alex. He's like, you, keep squat. And he goes, yes, sir. And he keeps squatting. And we start doing uh, rolls, whatever it was. We start doing bridges. Different and and he, you can just hear it from the corner of the room. You hear 1,021. <laughs> Hi. Because you have to scream after every rep. 1,022. Hi. And to the point where you forget. Like, it was just, it was just noise, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. forgot he was even doing it. And we go, we, we start doing, lo, lo, and I, every once in a while I look over there and I'd be like, oh my God, this guy's <laughs> A thousand? He's at a thousand right now, whatever else. And then we're doing the, the next drill, we're getting water, still squatting. And then <laughs> Shabbatison goes, okay, lunchtime. And we all go to lunch and <laughs> Alex is, you just hear 2,241. Why wouldn't he stop? Hi. Because Shabbatison didn't tell him to stop. He wow. said, keep going. Oh, my God. And no shit. We go out to lunch, and Shabbatison comes out. And I remember he looks at me, and he goes, oh, uh, Alex, still squat? And I was like, yeah. He <laughs> goes, oh, how many? I go peek my head inside. And he was like, 2,941. <laughs> I was like, maybe uh, 2,941. And he goes, <laughs> he starts laughing. <laughs> and he goes, Okay, maybe three thousand. He stopped. I said, "Okay, wow." So he did three thousand. Jeez, plus Louise, squat. that's insane. It's insane. Yeah. That is insane. It's insane. So, and uh, you know, to put the bow on that story yeah. is uh, the next day at camp, we we do our squats again, and he's he's a he's a bad motherfucker, dude. He did another five hundred, and then we start rolling. Shabbat goes, Alex, wall squat. And he go, makes him just go to the wall and yeah. wall squat. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, he did 3,000 squats the night before, the day before. Yeah, yeah. He had him hold a wall squat. And at this point, I was like, kept looking at the clock and everything. And he makes him, makes Alex put his arms up like Frankenstein when he's doing it oh too, right? And Shibata walks over, grabs a bottle of water, takes two caps and puts it on the top of his hands, pours the water in the caps. And he says, no spill. Wow. And then he goes, and Alex is like, yes, sir. Boom. And he did, and I think I kind of it was like a 17 minute wall swat. And he goes, okay, you finish. And Alex, being the badass that he is, he Frankenstein walks his hands with his hands up all the way across the room to the sink 
and pours out the water <laughs> and just gets in line and starts to do the next drill. And I was like, Jeez, so, man. and that was my, our initiation. Into, right. This is how right, they right, do it. Right, 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 right. So the bar is set that level and everything was like that. It was strict. It's hard. You know? What's well, amazing they had it in, in LA too. They didn't send you to Japan for the dojo. No, no, it was, it was, it was totally Shibata son's thing. Right. It was like, do what you will with these guys, you know, and, and if anyone who knows his style, it's like. Well, no, Shibata, just for people that don't know, was was a great wrestler who then had a, a head issue, yeah. concussion issues, who had to retire. Yeah. And then became a trainer. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And he's, you know, working his way back through it, you know, kind of similar to what, you know, I think it was Danielson. Danielson, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Path also, he's getting, he's getting, he's working his way back into the yeah, ring. Yeah, he actually did a little, uh, like kind of an unsanctioned match at Wrestle. I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him and uh, Ren Narita did a little something, yeah. you know. And uh, but yeah, so it's it's um, it's his style, and which is anyone who knows it is just like it's it's going to be badass. So you're obviously because the Japanese discipline for wrestling, and, and once again, I had it too, not to this extent, but you know, you get a different respect for the business. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really does weed out any pretenders if you train with the Japanese. I mean, training with Lance is, is, is definitely a great start, but then also going to the dojo too. Like you really got to want this because you, you do kind of get stripped of all your, your pride and all your, uh, all, all your self-respect in a lot of ways. Dude, yeah. Like I, uh, I always joke, like when I was 22, I was so cool. I, you know, I was, I, I lived in an RV on the beach. I drove a motorcycle, you know. And then by the time I was 26 in the dojo, we weren't allowed to go outside without permission. Jeez, we were geez. stuck in our rooms. Like, you know, Carl was 30 at the time. We're all, you know, sitting in our late, you know, getting in our late 20s, early 30s. And we're just like, well, we're not allowed to go outside. And we're just going to sit in here after training and make chonko for this Japanese man. You know, make him food, and then we're gonna clean the house, and then we're gonna go to our work's gonna be getting our ass kicked for seven hours. Good lord! Cleaning the dojo and then doing it again. And why weren't day. you allowed to go outside? It's just Japanese style. Yeah. It's uh, it's very you know, it's it's regimented and it's meant to it's it's meant to break you down. You yeah. know, and yeah. uh, and it did, yeah. <laughs> and it did. But it, you know, it makes a bond. You know, with with the with sure. wrestling and with your you know fellow compatriots going through it. You know, those guys are my family now. Well, obviously, you know? yeah. I mean, we. We literally share a family plan on T-Mobile. So. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it like then when your first time in Japan? You finally get a chance to go because when you're doing all this training, are you still doing independent shows or still having matches outside of the dojo? Or are you just specifically train, train, train? Yeah, we literally trained for maybe a full year. Wow. Anything, yeah. And then it was like very, you know, the company would put, like give us a chance with Ring of Honor or like, it was all their bookings, no independence. Gotcha. So they would book you in those places. Would, so would, you were getting reps. Out. Yeah, just to get a couple reps here and there, yeah. you know, or just wrestle on their shows, you know. I we wrestled like Alex and I wrestled maybe I was like three months after the our initial. We had a like a, a dark match at one of the shows in LA. But other than that, it was it was pretty much just like go 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 and training, which is makes it that much harder because you're right. like, where's the sure. know, light at the end of the tunnel? But yeah, first time in Japan, um, it was an eye opener. It was like our chance to like show everybody you know uh, all the way we had learned from shabbat and it was it was a pride thing for him too he was like he was like our dad oh yeah like, for sure we're trying to impress him we what's good some of this you know very speaking japanese to everybody you know doing our best and you know just everything was just like military you know he like when the japanese wrestlers would come over to america we would be these over the top they would think these guys are nuts <laughs> you know because we'd be so over the top because we didn't know have a frame of reference for what a young lion's supposed to be so we went above and beyond we'd be when people would walk into the locker room and say oh it's a guy's over this and we'd yeah. scream it 
because that's what you're supposed to do, you know. And he great was, call, very military, very yeah. military, yeah. And we, we, and we, to you know, to his credit, like we looked phenomenal, you know. what I mean, mm. like we came in just like, and everybody was like, "Who the hell are these guys?" Right. You know, we came in just shredded out of our heads. We could, you know, do the young lion match like this easily. So when we got over there, it was it was cool to see the fruits of our labor pay off a little bit. But that was a month long G G one tour, you know, and that's mm. the hardest one we got. And it was just like every day bef before the shows, we would train hard for like an hour and a half. And then it was like we would if we had a match, we could do our match and then we would change really quickly and go sit at ringside and young boy. Right. And then if we didn't have a match, we would train even harder before the show and then go sit at ringside and young boy. Wow. It was just I mean, it was the most grueling thing, but it was in the moment it was just like it's almost cultish where you're just like yeah. you're so into it, you're just like we got to do it, you know. It's a great point, yeah. yeah. It very much is a, is a cult type which is funny cuz I remember you talk about Ishi, he was a young boy for WR when I worked for Tenru. And that's why when I first saw him again, I was like, oh my God, it's the same guy. And like, you know, but, but that's how you learn. So when you get to the higher positions, you still have, once again, we talked about learning from lots, the foundations and, 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 and you know, the, the basics, not just in moves, but also in attitude and mindset and respect for the business. Yeah, more so than anything, I think it's, it's that respect factor. Right. I remember these guys are like, they've all been through it you know and so like once you get to the other side it's that light it's you you actually see the light at the end of the tunnel and then once you finally get there it's just like this washes over you like oh being a pro wrestler and too bad huh like this is right, kind right, of right, fun right, right. you know so i think that's the most important thing is just getting that like that respect for like the how hard you should work so that's why it's like i it bothers the hell out of me when i say people who don't try you know when they just kind of go out there and put on some gym shorts and go wrestle you know yeah, yeah. I'm like guys like this should be this should be hard you know mm -hmm. i mean and uh obviously i want everyone to be able to follow their dreams and do it but i think there's a certain bar that needs to be reached to help this business grow forever you know i think that's important absolutely and so who are you working when you're over there you're just working with the other other guys in your in your from your the shibata dojo or did you work with some japanese guys too mostly japanese guys yeah. so i tagged with carl the whole time um, and just like, you know, six mans mostly. And then we'd wrestle some of the young lions over there. Um, but yeah, we, we got a taste of the whole roster, you know, and that, and that was cool. I mean, obviously the match matches are a little different when you're a young lion, you know, you only can only do like four moves, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and then, and then explain that they restrict yeah. you, which is something that people will, won't believe. Like here you see a thousand moves a match, but when you're a new Japan young lion, what are you allowed to do? So the basis is, is tackle. You can do hip toss, and body slam, and the big one, your big, big false is a drop kick, and then uh, slap on a Boston Crab. You know? Oh, my gosh. And so it, that teaches you how to make the most out of everything. You know, it's about, once again, your heart, right? It teaches you how to make a moment out of a body slam. You know, you one body slam, and you throw the fire out to the world, and it's like, it, it's, if you can make it believable, they're like, oh, he might win by body slamming Tanahashi and then Boston crabbing. <laughs> and if you could do that, like, shit, imagine what you can do if you can, you know, do a power bomb or yeah. whatever it is, you know? So it, it's cool. And it teaches you just make the most out of every moment when you're in there. You know? That's really cool. I never realized that, realized that before. So you did get a chance to work with some of the bigger names, the uh, Tanahashi you mentioned and yeah. those type of guys. Yeah, Tana was the first one we got over there. It was, it was actually Carl, myself, and Kenta. Uh, on his comeback match versus Tana and a couple of the young boys. But yeah, we, I wrestled, yeah, Tana, you know, Sonata, Naito, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., all, I mean, every, you know, all the big ones, Okada, you know. Um, How do those guys treat you? 
You know what's funny is is <laughs> they are they understand the process so much and they know Shabbata. So they're like, they're so nice. <laughs> I mean, for the most part, right? They're just, they understand like, okay, yeah, they're, these guys are, it's like, you know, he's like, they're getting their ass kicked at home. Let's, you know, let's, let's take care of them, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. kind of feel bad, but, and, uh, but at the same time, like in, when it gets in the ring, we go to work and we, we you know, smack the shit out of each other, mm -hmm. whatever it is, you know, New Japan stuff. Right, 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 right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So what was your longest tour that you did there? That would be it, I think. That was the G1, long, that's a month? G1, but so I, I think the super juniors I just did was the was my longest actually like kind of being, you know, and you're in the tournament in yeah. the tournament yeah. yeah yeah so and that was that was my most grueling, per se because it was you know we just did, twelve singles matches in a row yeah. you know and um, so that was definitely a new experience and so I think I'm fine my back feels fine now <laughs> today. But I did that in 97, best of the super junior yeah yeah the, your uh, samurai one El Samurai oh right yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah who won this year. It was a Hiromu, gotcha. a Takahashi, yeah. And it was good. My main thing was I just wanted to go in there. I just wanted to show everybody, like, okay, I can do all this stuff. I've reintroduced myself. And obviously I wanted to win the thing. You know, don't get me wrong. But, yeah. uh, but um, it was like I think I did a good job of just reintroducing myself to the world. You know, this is like the first time I finally came out with – a full entrance thing, you know, I did some poses and whatever it was, you know, did the pro wrestling thing. That's part of it too. It is. Yeah. And, and that's and that's the thing you don't get when you're doing the young right. line thing. It's right. just like you like especially Shibata young line cuz Shibata Shibata's big gimmick was he's the wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and his t-shirt was a uh, like the Times New Roman font. Yeah. He's like the wrestler, you know. So, you know, a lot of that stuff, the flashier stuff's a little different, you know. I got to learn that on our own a little bit. Right. But uh, yeah, so that, this was the first time I really got to kind of be myself. And uh, so, are you still in the category of a young lion, or how how long does that last for? No, so I'm I graduated from the dojo actually like a year and a half ago. Okay, so yeah. now you're done with that. Yes, so yeah. I'm now the uh, the wild rhino Clark Connors. You know? <laughs> um, but you know, it's it's still it's still a very it's a caste system a little bit. Sure, it is over there, right? And you got to prove yourself, and so. You know this this is this opportunity i'm going into forbidden door is just like i mean you know by hook or by crook i'm i'm i that's my chance to show everybody like oh yeah this isn't a young mm -hmm. lion this isn't to show america especially because i think i did a pretty good job in japan of doing that but now it's like all right guys hey you know i not know who i am but you know what it, you're about to <laughs> but there's some buzz that go on about you guys though like i've heard about you guys for all the there's is there four of you or three uh, alice coglin Fredericks, myself, Clark. And Gabriel Kidd. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, he came in like kind of our second class, and we got some, you know, Ren Narita's now LA Dojo. So is Yuya Uemura, uh, Kevin Knight, DKC is like our. That's our kind of our whole clique right now. But um, right now, yeah, I, I think it, it, myself it, and uh, Coglin and, you know, and Carl are, and Carl are kind of like yeah. pushed out of that. So are you guys under, you signed a contract with New Japan? Yeah, so I've actually been under contract for four years. Yeah. So what do you do when you're not on tour with Japan? Can you work other places or do they have to book it for you? Yeah, no, I, um, oh, yeah, call them A, call them B, you know, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I'm open for work if anyone wants to book me. Uh, <laughs> just DM me on Twitter at Clark Connors. No, uh, no, but yeah, we can, um, we can work. Obviously there's, you know, restrictions and boundaries and reasons, but New, sure. New Japan comes first uh, for sure. And then, uh, you know, working with you guys here has been phenomenal, you know, great talent over mm. here. I'm really excited. I want to do a lot more of that, mixing it up with you guys. Yeah, and basically kind of work where just 
just in the states mostly or you know not not so what did you think of japan as a country and as a culture and because it's a little bit strange at first yeah no it's (laughs) to say the least a little bit strange yeah yeah (laughs) it's different um i think i fit in well over there you know once i got used to it. it's a very go 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 lifestyle when you're on tour yeah i mean and and you would know like when you're over there it's just like okay you you do your show you get your workout in beforehand, and then it's just like sponsor dinner, right? You know, for those who don't know, it's over there. A lot of times after the shows, someone, you know, a fan will, who you've reached out with or something will, or reach out to you, will take you out to a nice dinner, and then it's you go go to dinner and you put on a show there too, where you yeah. just you know, and you know, you just drink your ass off, yeah, and uh, you get them hammered drunk, and they they take care of everything, which is nice. Yeah, it's and a status <laughs> symbol for them to hang out with wrestlers, basically. Exactly, yeah, yeah. and so my that's been a that's a big LA dojo thing is we we like to party. <laughs> you know what I mean, the let when I say I'm the wild rhino, you know, it's it comes from a place of okay, we like we like to go we go hard in the ring, we go hard outside, right, the ring, right, right, you know, um, safely and responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you go to dinner, and then it's like you go to some you know the karaoke, and then you go to another drinking place, another drinking place. So you're out until three, four a.m. sometimes, and it's like. All right, next day I gotta go to work. You yeah, know? exactly. And it is what it is. So I think I I adapt to that lifestyle well versus over here where it's like, you know, you do TV and then you know maybe a road show or whatever it is, um, and then you kind of reset your week. Versus over there, it's like three weeks straight of just go go go, and then you get a week or two just yeah. to oh fuck yeah, and just yeah, yeah, decompress. Yeah, right, 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 right. Right? yeah. How many weeks a year do you spend over there? Well, um, it's gonna be probably up to half the year i think sooner yeah. or later i mean once again it's just i'm kind of getting back into mm-hmm. it you know after the pandemic but uh i'm assuming i'm gonna be over there at least you know five months out of the year probably in three month intervals yeah. it's you know totally up to whoever booking what's the the weirdest thing you've seen in japan so well <laughs> nothing i don't want nothing i want to say on here but uh the uh pg version i'd say uh there's no ping pong balls on this one but no but eating um eating horse oh yeah yeah that was my favorite we were in like fukuoka or something and, and we're eating raw horse like sashimi and ended up being one of my favorite foods over there is just it's delicious i, I yeah. think we should eat horse over here you know? it's, yeah yeah there's a lot of those types of things i remember the, the last time I was, there, I was looking for um i was trying to take my wife to uh, yakaniku and the korean barbecue right yeah yeah and, but classic japan miscommunication they literally took us to a legitimate Korean barbecue, not a yakiniku place where you cook like an actual, like oh you want Korean barbecue? What is that? And they took us to a place where everything on the menu was literally like cow vagina, cow uterus. I'm not even kidding. Like this was on the menu. My wife's like, why would you bring me here? I'm like, this is not what I was hoping for. We want yakiniku Korean barbecue, and they took me to a Korean place with like some barbecue stuff. It was very strange. There's some ribs or something. Yeah, too. yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, so what's your now? You know, you, like you said, tonight's a huge match. And what exactly is the match tonight? So it's uh, the All Atlantic Title Match. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be myself, Miro, uh, uh, Malachi. Malachi, and Pac. Wow. Do you know yeah. any of those guys? I've never met any of them. No. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm not Tamahiro Ishii. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know. So no, but it's I. I look at it. I've watched their stuff. You know. I've watched. You know. Growing up, I watched. You know. Sure. Rusev and you know. And, yeah. And Pac doing his thing over there, and uh, yeah. So it's like okay, these are guys. I know what they can do, and I know what I can do, and so I'm really excited to go out there and show everybody 
there's a reason I should be on this card, you know, and it's not trying to be a cocky thing, but it's just like, I, I've, you have to be that way. Right. But yeah. it's something that I, I know in my heart, you know, I'm ready to rock, you know, and it's just, it's just been a matter of time at this point. And was it a new Japan decision to send you or was it AEW agreeing or I, they honest, just, honestly, did, here's I've, your ticket. Yeah. I, they said, Hey, are you, are you okay to come over? And I said, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to say? No. Cause you had a match with Ishii. I did. To, to the quali qualify, qualifier, right? Qualifier yeah. match with Ishii. But uh, yeah, so I, I lost. You know, but uh, and second chances don't come often. I've found in life and in this business, and mm. it's just one of those things where it's uh, what do they say? Luck is a preparation, and, uh, uh, and it's some timing and preparation. That's it. Or, something right, along something those like lines. That. Yeah, yeah. So right now, I feel like the luckiest guy in the world. So I'm gonna make the most of it. You know, and uh, and whoever decided to send me over, thank you. And uh, yeah, I'm is it, is this the biggest show of your career tonight? You think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be. I've stepped out the United Center because I I was at the. Um, Madison Square Garden show oh. we did with Ring of Honor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just young boy in it, you know? So right. I just was sitting there and just taking it in. And I was like, oh my God, this is it, you know? This yeah. Is, and we did the show in uh, G, like the G1 in Dallas in 2019. And I was, did the same thing. And I was just sitting there like, just like, oh, I can do this. I'm ready to do this. Mm -hmm. and, and so this one's going to be just like an explosion of just all of that, you know? And especially doing it with with you guys with AEW I'm I'm super excited like you guys got the some of the best fans in the world and it's just like all right I don't know how the, I don't I don't know what they're going to say when I come out and I don't care cuz by the end I am It's a pretty knowledgeable fan base so and that's the thing the right. fact you're in the match shows that you deserve to be here you Sure know? yeah I mean yeah. I hope so right but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean yeah whoever whoever's putting it together the, the you know the uh, powers that be at, at least have they i think have a the, their pulse on the on everybody so hopefully i can uh, is your family up. excited yeah yeah just make it legit now this yeah right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd thought that my mom coming to a defy show in front of 600 <laughs> people was the one but yeah. i think this one is uh for everybody you know for me it's just like this is the big one you know yeah. uh, and you know win lose or draw doesn't matter for me i mean obviously win yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. But it doesn't uh, matter though. But it's it's. I need to get my. You know, this is it. You yeah, know? this is the big spotlight for you. Yeah. Last few things. So you know, are you? What is your overall plan for for your career? I mean, obviously, Japan is 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 a great place to be. It's a great place to work. But you're also American. Yeah. Is is your overall goal to eventually work in the states? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I'm taking it a day at a time. Yeah. You know, I I grew up on WWE. You know, and uh, and. And so that's always in the back of my mind, but I don't care about that at all, yeah. you know, right now. And right now I'm literally, New Japan has treated me so well, you know, and I love, I love working there. And so my goal is to be the best wrestler I can be and make a shitload of money in this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's, Cause that's how I look at being a, a your success as a well, that's what the business is all about. No, exactly. So like when people ask me, like, they say, well, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I, I give them the answer of like, I want to be the best wrestler in the world. But what that, to me, that just means make as much money as possible. It's, it's part and parcel. Isn't it? Like yeah. in this business, it's just like, it's not like, you know, like, well, you won a bunch of matches. Like, oh, yeah. really? Well, yeah. that, that means I'm really good at wrestling. Yeah. You know? No, it's for me, it's like, I want to, I want to make the most money I can and do this until artistically, I don't like doing it anymore. Yeah. See, but that's, that's a good mindset to have because a, a lot of people think differently but it really is a business and yes you want to be the best but when you're the best if you're the best quarterback in the league you're tom brady you get paid millions of dollars <laughs> yeah. you know if you're the best guitar player in the world eddie van halen you make a lot of money doing it and that's once again 
part of why you spend so much time training in the dojo, learning, getting respect, because that all will add to your overall, you know, overall, je ne sais quoi. Yeah, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> good call, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, that's 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 a big part of it. Like when you know, every that we would tell each other in the dojo is like Alex and myself and Carl would always say, "Dude, we're putting in the work." And and we'd always say when we were tired as fuck, we'd yell at each other. This is how we eat. This is how we eat. This is how we make money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put in the work now. And hopefully the fans will see that at some level, you know, and the, you know, the, you know, other promoters and other everything. And they'll see like, Hey, no, we, we're here for the business. We're here yeah. because we pushed ourselves and worked hard. So, you know, if we can, you know, get compensated as such in the future, yeah. that would be very honest. It's cool though, to me that the, the, this lineage of, of the foreign guys training in Japan, like I said, for as long as I can remember, even back when I used to watch Stampede Wrestling out of Calgary and you'd see, a lot of the Japanese guys, but Owen Hart went over there a lot, and then you know, and then Brian Pillman was over there, and it's just like, it's just cool that the generations continue, and there's still Clark Connors and, and Fredericks and, and Coglin that are specifically New Japan guys from the states and from Canada. It's very cool. No, yeah, no, I feel I feel blessed to be part of that lineage because all you look at, all, I mean, they're all legends in this industry, yeah, yourself included. Obviously, it's just like these are the guys that I had. It, it just so happened, and, and I didn't know shit about Japanese wrestling. But I'd look at that now, looking back on, I'm like, oh, Benoit's over there, yeah. you're over there, Owen Hart, Eddie, you know, it's no, like, Lance, are, all Lance, of us, yeah, and yeah. And it was just like all these guys, and I'm like, I'm like, these are the guys that I look up to. These are the guys that I emulate my career after, you know, inside and outside of the ring, you know, and and so it's like, okay, yeah, man, like it's good life lessons too, sure. you know, like learning how to live in another culture and being over there, and just you know, how do you get something to eat or how do you talk to a girl or how do you you know all that stuff it just it really just enriches your whole experience no yeah and i think and i do to piggyback on that i think wrestling in general needs more of that i think too yeah. many people just get into wrestling because they just like wrestling but they don't have life experience right i've found that like i'm so glad my mom made me go to college yeah you know like i love you know i know how to talk to a girl and i know how to you know what it's like to like maybe look for a job or work two jobs at a time whatever it is and so i take that and i bring it to myself as a character so i'm not just like i'm clark connors and i know how to do a you know a sharpshooter really yeah. well you know it's like no i'm a i'm a fully formed human an yeah. adult you know and so when i go over there too it's just all this learning and and like when i'm in my matches it's funny because i'll just be speaking japanese you know just because it's just like you know i'm like Kura, come on you know? yeah that, can that, you speak japanese i uh, yeah sakoshi nihongo I'll tell oh you wow that much. that's yeah. pretty good yeah yeah pretty much <laughs> no but i can i can get by over there you know and, uh, is that because of the dojo or did you study or i study it every day man yeah i, I take it it's it, i take it seriously you know? see i i tried to learn i think back then it was like whatever rosetta stone and it just was so hard and the thing with japanese too is it's different like northern japanese is different from southern japanese yeah. so you, and the worst thing is when you okay i'm going to give this a try i'm going to speak japanese and you try it and they look at you like you are an idiot and you're like i'm done i can't do it anymore yeah. right Dude, it's the worst is like I'm, I'm at the point now too where it's like i'm at the uh just enough japanese where they think i'm like fluent and then they just bah, 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 come at me with it and yeah, i'm like yeah, yeah. oh sorry no 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 yeah yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no 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 <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's calm down a little bit. Yeah. Okay, yeah. One, uh, one biru okudasai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I, le I learned how to read it. Yeah. I learned how to read katakana. Same, same. Because that was at least I could uh, communicate in some way, shape, or form. Because like I said, it really, because I, I, I spent a lot of time in Mexico. I learned to speak Spanish. That was hard, but much easier than Japanese. Japanese is very hard to learn. 
you have to have a real ear for it. And, and like Kenny Omega speaks perfect Japanese, yeah. and it amazes me how he's able to do that. You know, but it's once again, like you said, I didn't want to be this foreign guy that's spending you know 20 weeks a year in japan and just be a complete illiterate so at least i could read something and you know i'd read the burn magazine the music magazines read tokyo sports read the billboards or the trucks on the side of the road yeah. as we're on the highway just trying to you know learn no that's and that's all it is i think is yeah. just putting in the effort you know because i know people are just sort of just like well i'm just gonna go over there and do it and i'm like no it's just like anything else put in the effort yes and it will just because you you can try your best, and then I hear that all the time. It's just like gamba, gamba te, gamba te. Yeah, yeah, try your best, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. I want to do is just like gamba te, yeah. yeah, right. And they all say, all the fans will say it, all the wrestlers will say it. And I'm like, that's all I got to do is I'm gonna try my best, and then the fruits of my labor, you know, hopefully are rewarded. Yeah. Are Alex and uh, and Carl in the show today too? Alex is. Alex. Yeah, yeah. Alex can be on the uh, on the. Uh, the pre-show? pre-show, the buy-in. Buy-in, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, he's gonna get the show off a little bit, which I'll be. Is excited. Carl jealous? A little jealous. Is yeah, he here? No, Carl's not here. So gotcha. Carl, Carl's actually, he does a bunch of DJ and stuff, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he'd, he'd be a very interesting guest for you to yeah, check yeah, out, yeah. too. Yeah, because he's, he's a you know, DJ and all stuff, so he's got a bunch of stuff going on. But, gotcha. Uh, but he, you know, I'm, he texted me this morning and said, I miss you, man. I love you. And I said, <laughs> I love you, too, man. I'm going to show out. Last question for you, man. What's your favorite match that you've ever had? Oh, God. The next one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah, no, I, I think so. Yeah, it's just, it's just about, you know, doing... I, I've had some great matches with all the LA Dojo guys that I'm really proud of, um, you know, just... But yeah, I think it's just, it's the next one. I think today is going to be the, the opportunity and, you know, just let's go do it. Well, dude, it's great talking to you. We finally did it. We, I know. I, I can't, it's so funny how we we just ended up meeting here because, like I said, we talked about it. We were supposed to do it over the phone. We saw each other in the elevator yeah. for the first time. Fate has followed us to this uh, podcast. So. It's got, it had to happen. I'm glad it did. Well, I'm happy for you, dude, man. I'm excited to see your match. You're going to kill it. Thank you, Chris. All right.